all you movie junkies and cinephiles, it's time for the SLS Cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. And welcome, one and all, to episode 295 of the SLS Cast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Uzi Trail Rim episode of the SLS Cast because it turns out there's a corporation out there, an industrial corporation, as it were, called Spank Industries, and they have a bicycle rim. Yes, I know you wouldn't think that just based on what I've said so far, but it really is a bicycle rim. They have a very special bicycle rim in the Uzi Trail series, and this specific rim is the Uzi Trail 295, and with that wonderful little bit of Uzi Trail rimming and spank knowledge, I of course am Matt, and coming to us all the way from the Great White North, replacing Tim this week is... Hi folks, I'm Johnny White Trash, and you said a specific rim, not a Pacific rim. True! Although I suppose you could get rimmed in the Pacific, as oh. well as a specific rim. Hey. hey. So, yes. Yes. So you're going, so, so for those of you who are, who, who aren't following the saga of the SLS cast, we are in, we are in half-assed mode because Tim is off in training for the month of September. And so it is just me holding down the fort to the best of my abilities. And thank God that Johnny was able to bail me out this week, so he might be popping in more than just this week. But um so thank you, Johnny, for doing he, this. I appreciate this. He says thank you, but I've not made this easy on him. True, but the behind the scenes drama is is never as interesting as people try to make it out to be. No. So we we have a very special episode this week. Next week we'll be getting to uh kind of a more regular format as you are used to because even though tim won't be able to be for the day-to-day as it were we are still going to make sure he can throw some movie reviews at us and everything so you're still going to hear his lovely dulcet tones um in september this week however we're going to be doing something a little bit different we are combining johnny and i's long awaited return to form in the last Batman Standing series. So this episode is a very special discussions with Matt and Tim, although we're going to be doing, obviously, discussions with Matt and Johnny. And uh, and we're going to do the last Batman Standing series. So we'll get into that in just a moment. Johnny, is there anything fun and exciting you'd like to talk about? Uh, no. I, I okay. went camping with the family and it lasted a day longer than it was supposed to, so I'm kind of just uh, strung out. I think is the right. So, so did the did the but did you go camping with your wife at the time? Yes, That's the question. Yes, I had to okay. explain that to her. Thank <laughs> you for that. No problem. I look, it was a really big part of what we talked about last time. Wanted to make it a big part about what we talked about this time. So, you know, hey. Yeah. Um, anyway. All right. Well, good. No, no, nothing big, uh, here, uh, happening. We had a nice Labor Day here in the States. It's Labor Day. Uh, we're actually recording right now on Labor Day, the 3rd of September. And, um, yeah. So yesterday, despite the weather here in Southeast Texas, we decided to have a, a barbecue and we probably had about 25 or so people over and we did the whole typical block party thing that we've discussed before so it was a lot of fun actually had some new people come into the fold that hadn't come before and um yeah so it was nice and 
Now I'm freaking out about school, and we're going to do a show. So are you ready, Johnny? Is your body ready? I am so ready. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to bring Weird Announcer Dude. We haven't heard from him in quite some time. As a matter of fact, I am pretty darn sure we have not heard from him since June of last year. So without further ado... It is Discussions with Matt and Tim, except not Tim, but Johnny. On this very special episode of Discussions, Matt and Johnny will be continuing their ever-loving series about Batman called Last Batman Standing. They will discuss the finer points of The Dark Knight, the film from 2008. And now, our very special Discussions. Yes, thank you so very much, weird announcer guy. That's right. So, for those of you who have not been following along over at johnnywhitetrash.com, because, well, that's where Johnny's from, uh, and, of course, long-time, very, very long-time friend of the show, uh, he and I teamed up about two years ago, damn near, to go through all the it Batman was, movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to go through all the Batman, live-action Batman films. We had to make a very re- real distinction, uh, because theatrically released doesn't hold water because you could you could get away with other movies that would open it up too wide too wide uh, and so live action theatrical release only and we started with Batman 66 and we have been ranking them as we go including ranking the actors playing Batman alongside it and we are currently on the dark night uh, again, from 2008. This is, of course, the center of the Christopher Nolan trilogy. And our list as follows, in terms of ranking in order, are uh, the films are Batman 89, Batman Returns, Batman Begins, Batman 66, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin, which, for all intents and purposes, will more than likely stay at the bottom, unless there's some kind of surprise. You never know. These things could happen. The list of Batman actors thus far. We have uh, Michael Keaton in number one. Uh, we have Adam West as number two. Christian Bale as number three. Val Kilmer number four with an asterisk, which we will explain in just a moment. And George Clooney as number five. Uh, now, we I was able to successfully argue the fact that Kilmer... Uh, um, did a better technical job than Clooney in terms of being Batman, which got him into the spot above Clooney. But there is a valid reason for an asterisk. Johnny, why does Clooney, why does Kilmer have the asterisk? Because Kilmer's Batman is ugly as fuck. And his, his <laughs> face rolls out of the side, like out the sides of the mask. And it just, Something like when I see him as a Batman, I'm like, I can't get behind this at all, ever. But his acting skills and the role were better than Clooney, but but I just can't fucking look at it. And luckily, I think we've decided that Forever and and uh, uh, Batman and Robin are not probably going to be viewed again anytime soon by either one of us, so... <laughs> I've done my job. I've done my due diligence, as the kids say. And that, sir, is fair. 
Very, very fair. All right, so um, jumping into the movie in particular, let us go ahead and grab ourselves a trailer because you know we're, we're kind of we're, we're kind of given the last Batman standing treatment, a little bit of the SLS cast flavor this time. So we're gonna have a we're actually gonna have a trailer and everything. And without further ado, The Dark Knight. You've changed things forever. There's no going back. See, to them, you're just a freak. Like me. <laughs> what do we got? Nothing. No name, no other alias. Clothing is custom. Nothing in his pockets but knives and lint. Evening, Commissioner. Why so serious? Where is he? People are dying. What would you have me do? Endure. You can be the outcast. You can make the choice that no one else will face. The right choice. Gotham needs you. A little fight in here. I like that. And you're gonna love me. Now that's more like it, Miss Wayne. It's all part of the plan. Hit me! Let's put a smile on that face. Alright, so you've just heard the wonderful trailer, and... Uh, for those of you who have been hiding under a rock since 2000, actually, really and truly since before, <laughs> like since 1966, um, this is, uh, this is the second in the Christopher Nolan trilogy, as I explained, uh, due to the absolutely abysmal business that Batman and Robin did. It lost the production. It shut down production on anything else for quite some time until we saw um 2005's Batman Begins and we are now picking up where we left off from Batman Begins and Joker is now making a name for himself and as we have talked about the um in different formats and scenes and other things um the opening scene thoroughly establishes the fact that the Joker is a man with a plan and whether or not his plan causes the chaos that he wants doesn't matter. He's going to do what he needs to do. Meanwhile, we've got a uh, super team, if you will, between... Oh, good lard. Good lard? Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, Good lard. Uh, between Gordon and his super secret force of officers who are investigating all the mob activity and what have you, along with Batman... And it's pretty much just him and Batman kind of coordinating together. Although Gordon utilizing this, this task force coming from the DA side, we have Aaron Eckhart's Harvey Dent, who is the savior that Gotham seems to be the white knight of Gotham. Who's coming in to truly clean it up. And he wants in on the investigations, but unfortunately he's not quite trusted tagging along with him 
is Rachel Dawes, this time played by the um, not-impressive Maggie Gyllenhaal, at least in my opinion, humble opinion, well, more on that later, uh, who picked up the role because uh, Katie... What, what the fuck is her last name? Katie Holmes. Katie, thank you, or, Katie or Cruz, Holmes. depending on... Uh... <laughs> I think at the time she was still married to him. Or, so. or Katie Holmes Cruz, Scientologist level eight. Right. Yes. Um, so yeah, K- Katie Holmes Cruz, Scientologist level eight, stepped out of the role because uh, she thought it would be a good idea to go do a heist movie with Diane Keaton and Queen Latifah. Yeah, that movie made like four dollars. Clearly, she made the right choice. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe the Scientologists had more to do with that. I have no idea. At any rate. So that is why Maggie Gyllenhaal is here, and they're working together and getting closer and closer, and all the while, of course, Bruce is still pining away for Rachel Dawes. The All of these factions come together around the Joker as he builds, as he's building an empire to ultimately, as it turns out, take out the Batman. I'm sorry, let me say, we've got to kill the Batman. So I do a pretty good Joker. In my head, it's really good. So I like it. <laughs> I, li- I like your Joker. Long story short, shenanigans ensue. Who will come out on top? Will a Joker win? Will good win? Will Batman win? If Batman wins, does it mean that good won? All these questions and more are answered. Watch the movie. What, what, what are your thoughts on this going in, Johnny? Uh, thus far, because uh, I actually... Because I had nothing else going on today. And like I said, I was kind of strung out from a couple days of nothing but campfire food and, and booze and everything. So I, I actually watched uh, The Dark Knight relatively recently. But I watched it with a certain kind of eyes. And I think I noticed a couple of different things um, that, that really just struck out. Like like when I was listening to you, it's like, oh, the battle between good and evil. It's, it's not really this like it starts out that way but by the end it's not even a battle for good and evil anymore it's this weird kind of um just amalgamation of forces that just like for for example it's like batman and commissioner gordon were were going after the mob that's what they were doing correct you correct. know what i mean and the joker was just a distraction and then you know, uh, and the the distraction just kept getting louder and louder as, you know, Harvey Dent and Gordon and the Batman, they're like, we're going to take down the mob. We're going to get 549 criminals uh, up for charges all at once. And then the Joker's just like, yeah, whatever. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it just, um, and the other thing I noticed about the, the plans, that was another thing is, is like, he's a man with a plan. I don't know. I think he just sets up. It's weird. I'm not saying he doesn't have a plan, but watching it and just really just like trying to dive into it. There was a few key things where I noticed uh, it didn't matter if this happened, but he had put a bunch of shit in place that could could trigger off and lead to a thing like uh, the scene where he got arrested. He's like, oh, he wanted to get caught. Him getting caught uh, really didn't matter because the guy with the bomb inside his belly was in jail anyway. And the Joker could have blown that up from outside and then gone in and got Lau. So there were, there was these things where even the script, even the writing, even the characters, you know, all kind of just like gave him this boost, but 
if you really just dive into it, it's like he just puts a bunch of crazy shit in place and sometimes dominoes fall. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Do I think he's a criminal mastermind? After watching it this time, I don't. But I think he's an opportunist. And I think he's also just constantly just trying to make moves is the best way to say it. Just trying to make moves. And I, and I think he honestly doesn't care if it works. I, I think he wants to die, but I think he wants, and this, this was the thing that I realized he wants to die. He wants suicide by cop. The higher the standing, the better. That seems to be his whole motivation until there's a point. And this was, this was my, sorry, long story short, too late. What I was trying to get to was this time when I watched it, I thought for the second half of the movie, I didn't think he was trying to beat Batman. I thought he was trying to, in his own way, save him. He was trying to save Batman? In his way, because he thinks his way, like, you know, he's like, you know, don't listen to them. You're not like them. You're a freak like me. They'll cast you out like a leopard. You need to come to my side. You need to see the world my way. You need to, I need to convert you to my thinking. I need to save you from what you are now. But, okay, you strike me as at least someone who's been exposed to religion. Uh, in their lifetime. Uh, true. It's kind of like the temptation in the, in the desert. The temptation of Christ in the desert. Okay. okay. Devil comes to uh, Christ. He's been fasting for like 40 days and 40 nights or something. And, uh, and out pops the devil going, these people, they hate you. They, they'll, they'll never love you. They'll never appreciate you. Look at what I can give you. You know, you, 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 you really are like me. Look, I, I used to even be like you, you know, and I see a lot of that biblical esque parallel in that. Not because the Joker is trying to save him, but because he is trying to seduce him with a version of the truth. And not, you know, not even a version of a slice of the truth. Because in point of fact, yes, the people will turn on him. But as is evidenced by the end of the movie, it's because of Bruce's machinations, his Batman's machinations that require him to be the sacrifice, to be the people, to, to be the, the, to be the evil that the people need to fight against, to say, oh my gosh, vigilantism really does come with a cost. Prior to that, the Joker's like, no, I've got to get him, I've got to get him to, to, I've got to demonstrate to him that we are the same. That is how I'll bring him down. Because it does become for him. I think at the beginning, I see it, for me, it's the exact opposite. I think for the Joker at the beginning, his plan, Everybody's got to have a plan. For him, the plan was literally cause as much chaos as possible to simply see what would happen. He had as an underlying thing to see if he could trip up as many good people as he could. To take as many good people with him as he could down the road of chaos. And convert them to his side. Sure. The same way, but but then okay, it okay. becomes, but then it becomes, it very swiftly becomes. You've got to get Batman and take him down because he is 
the Dark Knight. He's the one that people look up to. And so you have to take the symbol away. And so Joker understands this. And so he kind of zeroes in. That's why he doesn't really care at first whether or not Batman gets killed. He just needs to know that we can, that he can be taken out of the picture. At that point, uh, as the movie shifts, he realizes that the only way to get this man to come off the mountain is to show him and to make him think he is just like the Joker. And the problem is, is that it's, he's not. And I think that it, that is what makes it so important for him to get caught. Yes, he could, if, if he didn't get caught, great, he could still set off the cell phone in the guy's stomach. And yes, the bomb would go off and everything would go wrong and blah, 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 blah. That is true, but he was counting on getting caught because he needed to corner Batman. He needed to corner him so that he could make the speech and make them choose between Dent and Dawes. I I see where you're coming from. However, the the part where I differ on you is I I think you're applying a logic to the Joker that he was, that they tried to write him without. Like I said, this is a new theory for me. I came up with this about a couple hours ago. So you're going to have to forgive me for having a couple of holes in it. But I, I see him more by the end of the movie as instead of the, the devil on the mountain, I see him closer to the young guy with the white shirt and the black tie and the black name tag coming up and telling you about the book of Mormon. And I, I just really see a thing where he's just, he, he thinks he projects himself onto other people so much because because I watched him that Harvey Dent scene. He kind of was doing the same thing where it was like he was he, mm-hmm. he he didn't like as much as he thought he was the bad guy. He didn't. He thought he was um, disrupting uh, the natural order of things to show, you know, these people what life could truly be like if you were uh, free in a way. And it just, it just seemed like there was a certain thing going on where he was just, he was trying to bring them around and not so much bring them to the dark side, but in his mind, in his mind, show them a a different light, you know, like, like, why does Batman do that? Like, it can't be fun. It's gotta suck. It's gotta be, you know, why can't you just, you know, come to my side? Let's have some fun. Let's burn this place to the ground. Like it should be burnt because clearly Gotham should be burnt to the ground. And if you, and if you let them, you know, this, this city will eat itself apart. Like the fairy scene when he went, like when he was trying to do, and he, he fully thought and intended. And just the way he thought it would be, would be that, you know, these people are the way they are. And one of those fairies is blowing up and then it didn't. It's just a, it's just a slightly different, uh, take on the way I usually look at it. I mean, I think it's, I, I think it's an excellent theory and it's not that it has holes. I think you're just coming at it from the wrong angle. I, uh, I don't think that the Joker, I don't think the Joker is as unfocused as that because if, if nothing truly mattered to him, especially by the end of the film and all he's doing is suicide by cop, then there would be no need for all the shenanigans. He could literally just walk okay, into I, a police I see station where I lost you. and start the, shooting. The suicide by cop would be a victory in his eyes. Not a, not a nothing else matter things, but a victory because, you know, Harvey Dent. You know, the white knight, the golden thing, the ultimate way to convert him. But, but either way, that not doesn't either way. matter. I think I just made two very different points here. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, because you're trying to use now, you're trying to say it's a victory form. The no, that's what I was trying to say the whole time. If you didn't hear that, then I said it wrong. That would be his victory is suicide by cop. His. Okay. 
then I think you're, I, I think you're looking at what would be referred to as a Pyrrhic victory. Do you know what that is? No, but it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a Pyrrhic victory is one in which you would be declared the winner, but the win would come at too great a cost so that the win is literally not worth it. Okay? Unless you're just really sick and twisted enough for it. But that's to, just it. Right? But that's like, just it. So you can look at it as a win all you want. But you're still dead. But you're dead and they won't know it. Right. Right. I th- and no one will be around and no one will be around to appreciate it. Yes. The bigger win is to take the symbols that Gotham holds dear and tear them down so that the people know how worthless they really were. Yeah, I think it's more the Pyrrhic victory than the other one. Again, this was the first time I watched it and thought that. So I might watch it in a month and just be like, ah, no, I was just strung out and weird that day. But but today, (laughs) today when I watched it, that's what I thought. Like, I just, you know, that it it, it seemed like in a weird, twisted way he was trying to save them. I I don't know. It was the first time I I got that, you know what I mean? And it was fair but enough. The, the other thing, fair enough, um, about the plans. Joker with a stack yeah, of tracks, yeah, yeah, yeah. outstanding. But the uh, the plans, I almost felt like it wasn't like he just. I, I almost felt like it was he had a plan. If he got caught, he had a plan. If he didn't caught, he got, had a plan. If this, he had a plan. Like he just seemed to have, uh, like, hey, what if this happens? Well, you know, put a name tag on this guy. What if this happens? Oh well, you know, do that. Like you know, it, it seemed like a lot of shit was. It seemed like if the Joker was a real person, they would probably uncover things he did years and years ahead where it's like, oh, shit, we didn't know that he did that, too. Like, he just seemed like one of those guys. Does okay, that make I sense? Think, I think now you're trying to turn the Joker into Jigsaw, and it's not quite the same franchise. It's not quite the same <sighs> point. No, Jigsaw is... No, 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 no. <laughs> if it sounds like that's what I'm trying to do, I'm not saying it right. <laughs> then I'm gonna go with you are not saying it right, right. because you're literally you, you literally just said. But then they're gonna be looking at things down the road and go, oh wow, he planned that and he planned. No, 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 that's Jigsaw who does. Okay, that. Joker's not doing. No, no, no. That. Uh, what I mean more or less is that's a good. Yeah, and that's you know a good what? place to that's, leave it yeah. right there. That, that's all I got today, all right, folks. So, I'll come back to it one day later. <laughs> all right, so. Um, strongest, strongest link in the movie for you would be, I don't know this, this one's kind of like a table, you know what I mean? Like, you know, there's, for me, there's, you know, the, the key four or five things aren't there. The whole table falls, right? Well, that's fine. So what are, what are those things working for you that must work together? Um, believe it or not, it's, I mean, like if, if your main pillars are your Batman, Dent and Joker, like this is what the whole movie circles around, right? Maybe even Grissom, mm. like, yeah, it could be your table. But, no, nah, you know what? It's those four. Without okay. those four, this and, whole thing, and I mean, yeah, there's a bunch of little shit that... I can see that. I can see that. For me, For me, I think the strongest, um, the strongest aspect of the movie was the IMAX aspect. Because, and not because it was meant to be watched in IMAX, but because it was filmed in IMAX. And so this is something that you can literally even tell... When you do home viewings, because your aspect ratio changes on your television and it becomes fully engrossing 
when you're in IMAX mode. And I think that because there are only certain scenes that were done in IMAX, I think that they are meant to highlight the key moments of the movie. And so for me, I think the, the strength overall is the IMAX. I know we've talked about this before. Like, for instance, my favorite scene of the whole movie is the opening heist scene. So switching gears from that then, weakest link, if any. Is there a weak link in the movie? Because I know you already know what I'm going I, to I say. I do know what you're going to <laughs> but say. I, but I would like to give you the opportunity to go first. Um, You know, after watching it this time, I'd have to say the the weak parts of this movie, Um, and I'm not going to be able to like just get too specific about it, but there are just certain parts that are just, you know, like it's just, he is showing up. He sees Gamble. He has a speech. He kills Gamble, I think. Gamble fell really fast couple guys you know they're having uh tryouts and and they leave like there's there's a few scenes that i think just <laughs> um could have been fleshed out i i <clears throat> i think this could have been a longer movie i th- i think is the way it is now i know it's a really mm. long movie i'm not i'm not you know i i know what i'm saying is what it is but i think there's some some parts that could have been fleshed out even more that would add to the overall uh, story. Again, no- nothing too specific. Uh, I-, I guess the best example was uh, the the reign of terror of Two Face. I think they could have fleshed that out more. Like not like not edit it different, but I mean, write, film, shoot, and, and have. Okay. I, but I think. I, I think though that you are not appreciating enough the fact that they already did it. They did enough. And because the whole point of the scene in, in the parlance of your current worldview of this film, <laughs> the Joker, air quotes here, saves Two-Face. And the moment that Two-Face decides to not kill Joker, fuck the coin flip. The moment he decides not to kill the Joker is the moment Dent is lost. Or, and, it, and you don't need any more or, than that. Or, I'm sorry, or, or saved, saved. Or saved, I'm sorry. Or what, saved. Whether, or saved. Well, whether he pulled that trigger or not, the fact that a, a, a life death was decided by a flip of a coin is, you know... Now, keep in mind, I am talking about a demented psychopath who I feel like I've identified with the first time, and I'm going to have to really wrestle with that at some point. You know, have I just identified with a character that's a demented psychopath? Does that make me a demented psychopath, Matt? No. Good, good. These things happen. Good. I'm your normal type of psychopath, right? Um, But ultimately, I I just, I still think I could have enjoyed, and I don't want to add a time limit to it. I just think there's parts of the movie that they, that could have played out longer but i know we're already what are we what is this a two and a half hour movie it is 152 yeah so minutes. like i know so we're already at a two and a right half hour movie two, two but hours, i'm saying yeah. if they gave nolan three hours i think nolan could have made a even better than this three hour movie well and that's fine i but i disagree i think well let's get to your weakest link so i could disagree with you then <laughs> okay very good so we have a we have a cast here we have a cast of course Christopher Nolan directed, and we've got Christian Bale as Batman. Michael Caine is, of course, the irrepressible Alfred. Oh, shout out to the uh, Alfred, by the way. I, you know, I think that's one thing we don't give enough credit to her is his, his demeanor and his one-liners. Like, he, he could just break up 
the tension and just like I did bloody well tell you though. Like I don't know. I I think we don't give him enough respect. <laughs> you know. <laughs> this is true. Uh let's see here. So yeah, and then of course Heath Ledger Heath Ledger as the Joker. Gary Oldman is uh James Gordon. Aaron Eckhart as Two Face. Morgan Freeman. I love Morgan Freeman in this uh, Lucius Fox. I just he he. I don't know. I realize that it's so your plan. a character, but I, I just kind of feel like Morgan Freeman is putting a little more of Morgan Freeman into that than it would otherwise be notable. And last but not least, actually last and least for me, Maggie Gyllenhaal as Rachel Dawes. Now, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times. I bear no personal ill will towards Maggie Gyllenhaal, okay? Uh, I She is clearly more successful than I am. She is clearly a wonderful and talented actress, but she just does not do it for me, okay? I am not just, I'm just not a big fan of her look, of her style, and that's fine. Look, that's fine. And I don't want to just sit there and say that I don't like her for the sake of not liking her. I do not like her interpretation of this character, but more importantly, I do not like the way this character was written. I think Rachel Dawes is the weakest link in the whole thing. And whether or not you believe that she's kind of the linchpin that causes everything to happen, well, that's fine if you want to say that, but it's for all of the wrong reasons. So in Batman Begins, she's, you don't stand for anything, and so I, we can never be together for whatever that's worth and then she finds out that she's that he's batman well now you're batman and you'll always have batman and we can never be together and now she he's like okay well i'm gonna give up batman well you didn't give up batman the right way and fast enough and now even though you're gonna do that i hate you and we'll never be together these are the things that are driving bruce as batman and it and it completely just it makes her character completely shallow and stupid. And if this is supposed to be, and it's even worse for me if you try and say that this makes her the impetus for Bruce not having any kind of a relationship, which we will then be able to argue even better when it comes back to Dark Knight Rises, because I know there's a certain someone on the other end of the microphone here who thinks that Selena Kyle is the rachel dawes of the trilogy uh no but she's the weakest not quite not quite she but i'm sorry she is the weakest link i don't like anything that i I don't like i don't like anything about her character i don't like the way she was portrayed and i really don't like the way she was written um and and she's just all around just shitty for the story and i don't like her i don't like her she's the weakest link. goodbye Um, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, we've played this game before. Uh, you know, you have to pick one that's better. You know, uh, Tom Cat's wife there. I've, Katie Holmes did a better Rachel Dawson. Katie, Katie Holmes Cruz, Scientologist level, level eight. eight. Yes. Um, she did do a better job at the character. The character is a shitty character, right? Like, like this is, and, 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 we and all I'm, have... I'm even halfway. Sorry. Okay, sure. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Let's just say it's a shitty character and stuff in there. All right? It's a shitty character. This is a shitty person. And you've probably known a hundred dudes who fell for a hundred shitty chicks who led them on just enough, you know, was 
You know, like, like when Rachel's sitting there going like, I don't know, should I marry Harvey? Should I wait for Bruce? Like, she's literally sitting there like this greedy little bitch trying to hog all these people to herself by putting in the least amount of effort. She is a shitty, Rachel Dawes is a shitty person. I think on that much, me and Matt can agree. Okay. Are, Are you with me? Um, kind of. Okay. Kind of. Because she's not a shitty person in the first movie. She, she has her reasons and she can only, she, her reasoning comes from, from what little she actually has to relate to when it comes to Bruce. She knew him as a boy. Mm -hmm. She sees him trying to struggle to become a man, but doing it so poorly. And she gets mad. She sees him come back and he puts on this, he puts on these airs as Bruce Wayne to make sure that people don't ever suspect that he's Batman. And so she's distancing herself from him because that's what she sees. And then as she puts things together and then finally gets her confirmation that, that he's Batman, she realizes what he's become, but she also realizes that she'll never truly know who he is. Because he can't give that to her while he's Batman. So I'm okay with it up until the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is when it starts pissing right, me right. off. Right, right. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I'm, I, I am, okay. for some reason, my memory has a lot of holes in it. End sentence. <laughs> I was going to keep going, but that's a good sentence right there. Um, so when, when you come at me with Batman Begins, Rachel Dawes, I, I'm drawing blanks. So you might have to forgive me for that. But picking up Dark Knight, Rachel Dawes. Is a shitty person. Like, I don't know if she became shitty between the movies, if they... Well, see, and that's the thing. That's the thing. I, I'm not... I, I believe it was written poorly, but I also think that... And, and to that extent that I think it was written poorly, I guess, I guess I'm willing to concede that she's somewhat a shitty person. However, I think it was acted even worse than it was written. True. And because it was acted even worse than it was written, she doesn't just come off as a shitty person. She comes off as a petulant shitty person, which makes it even worse. See, this is what Matt and does to his high school dropout friends. He just starts throwing in big words that you have to Google. That I'm <laughs> petulant, I don't know. That one, I don't know. Well, I would encourage you to look that I'm not going <laughs> to. Um. But yeah, no, it, it's funny. I think we feel similar ways about the Rachel Dawes character from The Dark Knight, but I think we feel that way from different. We got there different ways. Does that make sense? I, I kind of. I will say here, just so that you can be officially, and for those of you who also who, who also do not like to play in the dictionary, like apparently I do. <laughs> petulant is an adjective. And it means childishly sulky or bad-tempered. See, I saw it more as um, as a more self-serving, selfish, just like, oh my god, these two guys are pining over me. Like, I I see it more as just like, uh, like, <clears throat> like, like if she was from New Jersey, a lot of her sentences would start with, you know, for me, it's just that, you know, like, <laughs> like she just, I I've met people like this. I guess is what I'm saying. I probably even dated a couple. And and you know what? The two the, the the couple I'm thinking of that I dated were written just as shitty and acted just <laughs> That was a bit of a, okay, a bit of an overreach, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's I don't think the impact 
that Rachel Dawes has on this movie. I don't know how to say. It. I don't think she deserves it, but whether this is a shitty person or not, you know, Bruce Wayne and 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 Harvey Dent are both deeply affected by this person. Okay. And, you know, like I mean, you know, because this was I'm I'm gonna marry Harvey Dent. Did she ever tell Harvey that she was gonna marry him, or did she just write it in the note to Bruce that he never read that she was gonna marry him? I can't remember. I thought she said that she would marry him when they're about to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My answer Didn't, is yes. My said... answer is yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Okay. I thought. I thought. So for Harvey, the love of his life just said yes and then went. And as much as he's okay. supposed to blame the Joker, which he does, he also blames, you know. I mean, when something shitty happens to you, you blame everybody. Right, wrong, doesn't matter. You just start blaming people. So I thought that part was kind of realistic where it's just like, you know, anybody involved is all their fault, you know? And and he went after him. Bruce, on the other hand, you know, he's a billionaire. He can have anything he wants except Rachel Dawes. So this becomes this weird... Uh, I don't want to use the term kryptonite. I don't want to use the word kryptonite talking about Batman, but... You're gonna? I can't think of another synonym for kryptonite in this case. You, you'll have to... Maybe, maybe you can. I, how about just uh, Achilles' yes. heel? Yes. This is his Achilles' heel. He's he's not okay. making smart choices because of Rachel Doss, because Rachel Doss hasn't... See, this is the thing. This is the the type of person Rachel Dawes is, and why and why I don't like her, is you know you're not gonna be with Bruce. Just fucking, just fucking turn him down. Like don't just fucking like, you know, send the little text messages like, oh maybe, oh this, oh no. Just like if you don't fucking like somebody, just say I don't fucking like you. Movie would have been completely different, but Rachel Dawes wouldn't have been such a shitty person. Well, I, I think, but and that's the thing again that goes into. I think she was poorly written because I think that she does. She doesn't discount the history that they have, and I think that's the thing is that she always knows that the possibility is there, and she just has never truly had an opportunity to explore the possibility of being with Bruce, and so she never gets to answer for herself whether or not she truly loves Dent. And I think that the mix of anger, fear, and everything else is the reason why she blurts out, yes, yes, I, my answer is yes. Not necessarily because she's thinking clearly, but because we all think we're about to die and you don't want to necessarily leave things unsaid. And then, of course, what happens when you make it? Well, that's one way. That's, and then we see, and then we see what happens to Dent when he makes or, it. Or did she actually think she was going to die? When she said it, or did she think she could just say it? It'd be an easy thing. He would die. Bruce would save her, and she'd be fine. I, I think I think that it would have been something that she would have come to regret one way or the other. Because Dent... See, she's mad at Bruce because Dent spoke up, and Dent put himself in danger. But she just fails to realize that Dent will always do that. And he will put what he feels is right ahead of everything else, and that means her. I, I, um... She got, she got mad at Bruce because of that. And she took it out on Bruce. But Bruce is like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I can't fight Harvey Dent on a news conference and say, no, no, I'm back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Nobody's going to believe him. First of all, nobody's going to believe him, especially after Harvey Dent just jumps out and says True. that. So uh -oh. she got mad at Bruce. Because she didn't want to get mad at Dent. And I don't she think that that would have Dent. worked out. She no, gave Dent shit when he got in the car. She was mad at both of them. 
No, she was. Why didn't you tell me? What were you doing? No, no, no. <laughs> that's not no, mad. Okay. Mad I, is I fuck you Nancy and Nancy. fuck she, your she life. I never want to see you again. That would be mad when Harvey got in that thing for the the fucking convoy. Man, she she was mad at him. But I do want to just come back a little further to one thing you said uh, about her regretting uh, marrying or you know saying yes to Harvey. I think sure. She is a grass is greener person so much that if she ever fully committed to either one of them, she'd regret it. I think that's the type of person we're talking about. And I guess that then goes back to by the time we get to the end of the Dark Knight, she's just a shitty person. Yeah, she's yeah. a charcoal. Yeah, I th- she's a charcoal shitty person. I think person, we've gone full circle on Rachel Dawson. Can move on now. <laughs> All right. Well, then I guess we have definitely talked about this. Now I know you make no bones about this one. Uh, being your favorite of the of the trilogy and i don't and 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 i think that's fair to say that that you know you can have your favorite even going into these things and hopefully maybe we'll have a different retrospective view after we've come back and rewatched the dark knight rises just to really see right so all that's left now then is really just to rank we need to officially rank all right so let's do it matt let's do it yes sir all right lay it on me Dark Knight. Is the Dark Knight better than Batman and Robin? Goddamn Skippy it is. Is the Dark Knight better than Batman Forever? Absolutely. Is the Dark Knight better than Batman 66? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Is the Dark Knight better than Batman Begins? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And then, is the Dark Knight better than Batman Returns? Uh, I, I would have to agree. All yes. right. So currently, currently, it is either the first or second best. Okay, yeah, let's build the anticipation. Like, you know, like a reality show would go to a commercial right now. That's right. For me, it's just, I don't think it's fair how, uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> you know, people like that. You know, you do. Yeah. Matt. All right. Yes. We could possibly dethrone the current king, 89 Batman. I'm doing, I'm doing my little drum roll in the background here. Is the Dark Knight better than 89 Batman? And the answer was, has been, is, and sounds like it always will be, no. And that answer is what I like to call wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Without without going into it way too much, because I know we will go around in circles and go ad nauseum. Look. I think it really boils down to the way that the story is told and what, and the writing overall, not just, not just the writing of the dialogue or the characterizations, but the way the physical story is told. Truly on a technical level, I have always maintained that The Dark Knights is a better made film in that regard, but you also get to, but with that, you can then start throwing qualifications in of, well, you know, they didn't have the IMAX technology that the way that they had it back when they made Batman 89. Uh, the, the style, the stylizations are different, blah, 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 blah. For me, I think that there is just a much more truly symbiotic relationship and a very well crafted relationship between Batman and the Joker and how it plays out, which makes it overall the better movie. Versus what you get in The Dark Knight. And I think... It's not... This is not about... This is not about which was the better Joker or which was the better Batman. Well, and um, to answer those questions, because I was thinking about this today, the only way to answer the Joker question specifically, the, the only way you can answer it for sure is you'd either have to have 
time travel, uh, you know, you resurrection, uh, fucking cloning, like, because the only way you can tell who's the better Joker is if you put Heath Ledger in 89 Batman or you put Jack, Ni- that, you know, 1989 Jack Nicholson into the, because they're, I don't feel like comparing. I don't even think, are like but I don't think that that would work. Neither one of those would work. Well, and that's why I say for, for you me, would have to, for me, and again, that's why for me, it's not about trying to compare the physical roles themselves because it's not a fair comparison. Right. And it's for the, it's for the exact same reason that we don't, that in my opinion, you don't automatically just offhandedly say, nope, Jack Nicholson's is the definitive. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, Heath Ledger's is the definitive. No, no, no. Different movies, different times, different age ranges, different everything as they were being played and everything. Which I, for me, it's about you're, you're, the, you're almost making me giggle every time you say it now because we did the for me thing and then you're like I'm just like for me it's just that you know Heath Ledger's Joker <laughs> was <laughs> in my in my authoritative view. How does that well, sound? Is that a little movie, better than you for are me? The movie nerd between the two of us. I do respect that. And I respect your knowledge when it comes to the comics and when it comes to understanding how these things play out. Which is why which is why I think we this series works so well for us. Right. Well, and but at the end of the day, at, at the end of the day, it really does boil down to how the relationships between these two dynamic characters work and and the interplay on screen. It's the way the stories are told. Batman 89 story is told better. One of the things I did today, since I had enough time, and I, spoilers, knew this opinion was coming. I watched 89 Batman as well. And I just can't in any good, like, because I remember the way, I, I forget which part of the series, I think it was when we made the decision between Batman Returns and Batman 66. Ultimately, how we decide, how we put Returns above was, if you are going to take one of these movies away from me so I can never, ever see it, hear it, nothing again, it doesn't exist to me anymore, ever again, Batman Returns stays. As, as fun and as, in many ways, I like 66 Batman better than Returns, but... It, it it's going to be returns every time. And I love both of these movies um, much the way that I think the two jokers are on par with each other. And much the way I think, I think these two movies are on par with each other. Uh, they're from different eras. They're from different blah, 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 blah. They're on par. I love them both. I would give both of these 10 out of 10 in my personal library. However, if you're going to take one of them away from me forever, I gotta keep the Dark Knight, so we know. Now, now we're at the impasse. Okay. Well, now we're at fine. the impasse. But right? I'm going to spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'm just going to leave it the way we left it before. Right. That which, which is what is, I was trying to get to is just taking me the long. I was taking the <laughs> long way around, Matt. We, we, I, I hear you. I hear you. But unfortunately, unlike Boogie Nights, we just don't have the time. So here's what here's what I have agreed to, folks. We're going to leave an equal sign currently, kind of like an equal-ish. We're going to give it to equal billing. Batman 89 and Dark Knight. Currently tied At the for official first. end of this series, at top billing. It's top billing, but it's equal billing for now. Batman 89 and Dark Knight. Because at the end, we will have a definitive winner. By the end of the list, there will be a definitive winner on this thing. I don't know if if I will ever bring 
him into the fold or if he will somehow convince me to leave my fold. Because if you put a gun to my head right now, I'd gladly give up Dark Knight. You know why? I've got the rest of the trilogy. So I can I can at least use my imagination to fill in those gaps. You can't replace 89 Batman. So that's that's why for me, Batman 89 and, and, and comes respect, out again. Respect. 89 Batman Sorry. does get a lot of credit for being first. Don't get me wrong. But anyway, anyway. We're about to do that anyway, thing. All We're right. about to do that thing. We've we've decided that if one day we can sit there and say, you know what, I'm willing to have this conversation and I'm open to my mind being changed. If we could both say that at the end, then let's hash her out. Let's make a big fucking spectacle about it and fucking watch both movies back to back. I figured we would Skype. just give it. I yeah. I just I just assumed we would literally have one dedicated episode to this. So you know. Um, all right. So Three hour then, minimum real quick, knowing us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So with our remaining time, we've got, uh, is, uh, Bale is currently in third place. Based on this performance, has he moved into second no. place? Oh, wait. Who was second place? Wes. Yes. Yes. He moved to second place. All right. And I would definitely concur with that. I think at this point, the performance of Batman has grown and, uh, and, and even if necessarily you don't want to say Bale is uh, the actor has grown or whatever, I think that the character itself has grown enough that we can say that he really does do a better job on the whole. Um, yes. so, all right. So then our new list is then Michael Keaton, number one, Christian Bale, number two, Adam West, number three, Val Kilmer, number four, still with his asterisk and George Clooney, number five. Yes. And so I think, I think we've done it. Yes. Yeah. No, no. All right. So here we go. So, so I'm going to bring a weird announcer guy back in right quick here to wrap this up for us. Thank you again for listening to Discussions with Matt and Johnny, though it's really always Matt and Tim. Next time, there will be a bonus segment, and it will be the news. So until next time, thank you again for listening to the very special discussion segment. All right, yes, and that does bring us to the end of that wonderful thing so we will go ahead and jump into all of that wonderful stuff that we're going to be getting to next week uh please check the website there for the movies that are going to be listed there uh, that we'll be covering in episode 296 but without further ado i think it's time to end the show don't you think so johnny uh spiel on <laughs> he look he did it he did I, you know there, it, this is great all right so the music you've been listening to as always has been brought to us by our music partners cries of solace you can check them out at reverbnation.com and facebook.com both slash cries of solace our special music for the discussion segment is brought to us by music museopen.org as for us, we're, of course, the SLS Cast. You can find us at slscast.com. You can send us an email to the show at slscast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the SLS Cast. You can follow me. This is Matt on Twitter at nitwit12345. You can, of course, come aboard the Information Superhighway and track down Tim on Twitter if that's your heart's desire. Don't forget to follow us and favorite us on Stitcher and or favorite us and follow us on the iTunes and or the old SoundCloud and other podcast directories. If you'd like to support the show, you can do that by going to patreon.com. And for me, this is Matt saying that thanks to Aaron Eckhart, I get to say this. Yeah, I'd like to get the girl and at least make it through the film. Johnny, why don't you send us off with any call sign and whatever else you'd like to do for us. Tell us tell uh, us where they can find you. Uh, White Trash Show on the social medias. Most of them, all of them. I don't know, Google me, I usually show up. And until next time, 
That's all, folks. Thanks again for listening to the SLS Cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. You can find us over at slscast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the SLS Cast. You can send us an email to the show at slscast.com. And of course, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes and or favorite us on Stitcher Radio. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>